What's up? Welcome to the Fit Trials Podcast. I'm Tori. I'm an online fitness coach possessed by cultivating fitness transformations. I take the exhausted, tried everything individual and breed them into a healthy lifestyle machine. With guest appearances from other entrepreneurs in all industries, we tackle the trials and tribulations of fitness and business together and have a little fun in between. So if you're ready to level up, let's dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fit Trials Podcast. I am your host, Tori, fitness coach and lifestyle professional for perfectionist millennials. If you have long thrived off of instant gratification, you suffer from that stupid all or nothing mentality, I am your coach. And I'm so excited to have my good friend Elise on the podcast today. She is a life coach and founder of Soul Makeup, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. And I will let her introduce herself and we'll talk about her story in just a second. But Elise, thank you for coming on. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here. You're one of my favorite people. So this is so fun to do with you. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So as you know, I gave you a heads up and so we don't sound like robots so people can get to know you. This is the rapid fire question section for the beginning of interviews. There's just five of them. Are you ready? Uh, no, but yes. <laughs> Let's do that. that comes to mind. There's no correct answer. Number one, what's one thing you never forget to pack for travel? Um, underwear in my, in my carry on because I learned that the hard way. No, yes, oh I, I, I used to fly a hundred thousand miles a year. So I constantly would lose my luggage. So after so many times of losing my luggage, I learned to always have an extra outfit with underwear in your carry on. That yes. is so smart actually. Oh my yes. gosh. That's awesome. That is a good, t- that's a good travel tip. Oh my God. <laughs> Question number two, a book you think everyone should read. Oh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, a hands down one of my best. Best oh my gosh. We are totally going to touch on that in a minute because we are talking about all perfectionism things today. (laughs) Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or fly? Breathe underwater because I love swimming and I think sometimes I'm a mermaid. So much so that I actually went to mermaid school. True story. You are a mermaid. You are a mermaid. Yeah. (laughs) A Best big sparkly one. <laughs> yeah. Can you teach me, please? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's an art to swimming underwater like you're a dolphin. It's great. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Best advice you've ever received? If someone really wants to be there, they will be. Oh, that's a good one. That hits me to my core. <laughs> yeah, it hit me to my core, too. My old boss told me that when I was going through a bad breakup, and I was like, oh, I so needed that. Dang. That's like, that's kind of like the hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I like that. I'm a fan of those. And then last question, biggest leap you've ever taken in your life this far? Oh God, launching soul makeup, becoming an entrepreneur that by far, hands down, craziest, most fearful, but yet exciting journey of my life. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to talk about it because your story is so, it's relatable and it's inspiring. And it's, I think it's closely related to what a lot of the listeners on this podcast experience, since we're all a bunch of high performing wackos around here <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> so will you tell us the, the condensed version of your story and what you do? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So before I became a life coach, I spent 15 years in the beauty industry and my goal with coming into beauty was really to develop products to make women's women feel amazing about themselves. But the problem was when they wash the product off, there goes their confidence and there goes their security right down the sink every night. Right. So I was actually in hindsight, making the problem worse because I was educating that you needed these products to feel good. If you wanted to feel beautiful, it was only achieved through makeup. And after going on my own personal development journey, I really realized that there was no amount of makeup we could put on. There was no amount of wine we could drink. There was no amount of, you know, purchases that we can make, you know, Netflix, no amount of tuning out that we could do to actually create those feelings of true beauty, true confidence, true success. That all starts from the inside out. So I left the beauty industry after finding out my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And it was the first time in my life I ever shifted from being a career woman to really focusing on my family. And so I saved up money. I left. It was a very big quit for me. I never expected I would ever leave beauty. And as I embarked upon my own self-development journey, this inner work that I was doing was just so profound. And I kept seeing how it was transforming me. It was transforming people that I was surrounding myself with. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to give this gift to people. So I went all in, I went and figured out how to be a coach. And I now coach women on how to take confident action now and really blast through those fears, those doubts, those, in, you know, those insecurities, that perfectionism that holds us back. So that way they can elevate in their life, both personally and professionally. And it all starts with the work that we're doing with our mindset from the inside out. That is so powerful. And I love that you said like, you know, when you wash the makeup off, like it's still there, like everything is still there. I feel, I feel like that's the same with fitness when people apply like a workout plan or they try a new diet. It's like, yeah, you can apply all of those things, but if you don't actually tackle what is really, you know, setting you back, which is like you have restriction in your diet and you believe there are good and bad foods. If you don't tackle those things, it really doesn't serve you to just kind of like paint, paint things on. Yeah, absolutely. And that was part of the component of my personal development journey. I had, when I worked in my last position was working for Estee Lauder, I worked on the brand Smashbox doing all of their product creation, product development. And so within that, I was flying over a hundred thousand miles a year, thus the underwear. <laughs> I know to bring those, right? Um, and toothpaste and deodorant are always good to have in your bag too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so going through that, I was constantly living in airports. I was eating. I wasn't happy in my job. So I gained 50 pounds. And when I realized like, oh my God, I'm constantly yo-yo dieting. I'm constantly giving up on myself. Like I always empowered myself to quit. So after I had left my job and I had all this time and space, I was like, huh, this is so interesting because it's the first time I ever actually had the option to really commit to myself and the space and time to go for it in that way. And I knew once I got my head in the right place, the weight would just come off with ease. And that's exactly what happened. So I lost the 50 pounds. I've kept it off for almost three years now, but it took me really committing to that goal and committing to a different health, like a different health mindset, a different overall mindset that really empowered me to stay committed. Even on those days where McDonald's sounded really good. Cause I love me some chicken nuggets. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> oh yeah. But it was just one of those things where I was like, what's more important to me, my health or giving up on this goal. Right. And I'd always empowered myself to quit. I had always empowered that inner voice to be like, it's too hard. Just stop. But then once I actually did the mindset work and created that super strong foundation, the quitting wasn't an option for me anymore. Mm, that's so powerful. And I feel like for some people who haven't had that 
transition yet. That can be so difficult to conceptualize. Just like, how can you possibly like prioritize your goal above everything else? It's just, I feel like some, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are not there yet, or they're trying to get there. Tell us what type of people you usually work with and what are some common threads and what you see high performers struggling with these days, especially in terms of, you know, taking the space and actually giving yourself permission to take that space and really prioritize your goals? That's a great question. So I also work with high-performing women and people who are really career-focused. And so what I see come up again and again and again is all limiting beliefs, perfectionism mindsets. Mm. All Yeah, perfectionism <laughs> mindset is really tough because you're all, we're always striving to be perfect. And I have an exercise for you guys today that I'm going to share with you later just to kind of help you shift out of that to empower yourselves to see that we don't exactly have to always be perfect because we're actually perfect exactly as we are, right? Um, so that I see a lot of time coming in. So especially for high performing women, we're on the go. We have a million things going at any given moment. So one thing I really help women to work through is how they spend their time and an exercise that I do. It's so empowering for them to see because we'll see how they spend the 24 hours in a day. And typically what this analysis confirms is that they're trying to fit in like 38, 40 hours of stuff into a one day, 24 hour day. No wonder why people are overwhelmed, stressed, and giving up on things, right? Like when you're in that mindset where you're so inundated, you feel like you're drowning, you're constantly trying to get ahead, but you're always still a little bit held back in some way, shape, or form. The last thing you want to do is commit to a weight loss journey, or the last thing you want to do is commit to changing your mindset. It's so hard and it feels impossible. Mm. Absolutely. It's, it feels kind of like the odds are stacked against you. And that is, it's sometimes it's true. Like I definitely have heard in the past, you know, there are valid excuses and the real strength is pushing past those valid excuses, but there are definitely times and seasons in your life where you do have to, to pull back from those things on occasion. But I think, I think you're really good. Like you are who I would describe as a master at figuring out what's really holding someone back, like what's really getting to the root of what's going on. And um, you said you had an awesome exercise for us. Is, is now the time? Is now the time? Now can be the time. <laughs> yes. And thank you for that compliment. That is so nice. I will take that all day long. I mean um, <laughs> okay. So coming from the beauty industry, you guys see my company's name is Soul Makeup. So there's always some sort of beauty or element, uh, personal care element coming through in everything that I do. So what I do is create these internal makeup formulas and that's really helping to empower yourself to heal from the inside out. So we get in there, we diagnose your thoughts, we resolve these feelings, we elevate your personal care because truly this is the trifecta of greatness. When you're really managing your mind, you're really working with your feelings and seeing that life is not happening to you, it's happening for you, and you're putting yourself first and prioritizing your needs, oh my God, everything becomes available to you. So what I brought today for you guys to give you guys a little, little cookie. So this is my SPF formula and what the SPF formula is. And it's also summertime, like appropriate time. I mean, it's right? fitting. <laughs> it's fitting. Yes, for fit trials. Here we go. So, um, what the SPF for is is success perfection and failure. And why these three things are so important is because most of the time in life, we do not actually create definitions to what we see as success, what we see as failure and what we see as perfection. So we're constantly on this lifelong mission of chasing the moving target. So one day you might look to what society's taught us as perfect is, right? And now all of a sudden you feel perfect for one day, but that target changes the next day. So now you no longer feel perfect. With success and failure, it's so interesting because especially with success, like for me, I went on this journey where I've already made a million dollars in my lifetime. I've created products that made brands millions and millions of dollars. I've flown all around the world. I've done all these things, right? But I never actually 
decided what success looked like for me. So regardless of how much money I was making, how much I created for all of these huge brands, how much success I've had, I never felt like I was successful enough. I always wanted more. So my realization was, okay, I actually had never done the work to figure out what success and failure and perfection meant to me. And so what that did is it empowered the scarcity, right? And the scarcity mentality, the lack mentality is essentially the belief that there's never enough. So no matter how much money I made, no matter how good I did, no matter how many props people gave me, I still always wanted more. But when I actually sat down and broke it down, I really thought to myself, okay, so success to me is not giving up on myself because when I don't give up on myself, anything becomes available to me. Failure to me is not trying again, right? Perfection, it just became available to me because I'm like, you know what? There's nothing else I need in my life. I'm perfect as I is and you, or as I am, and you, <laughs> as I is, right? As I'm I good. is, I my love grammar, that. <laughs> my grammar is perfect, guys. I'm all about perfection with grammar. <laughs> Um, but in, in doing that, see the gifts of imperfection, right? Um, but in doing that, it empowered me. Yeah. To fail proactively and still love myself in spite of, and to do things in my life that maybe scared me, but, and I might've had a messy start, like creating full makeup. I was a mess, but it didn't matter because it was all steps to create the better good. Right. And so by doing that, I just saw myself as perfect, no matter how hard I failed. And that was a choice that I empowered myself to make. And that's a choice that you guys get to make too, right? You can decide today, Hey, I'm going to end this war with myself and we're just going to decide to be perfect. That's the beauty of the choices that we get to make in life, right? So when I challenge you guys to do this little SPF formula here, just define how you define success, failure, and perfection, because you're going to get a lot of really powerful awareness there. And you're going to give yourself a standard to work towards and a barometer to where you're like, hmm, okay, maybe this wasn't success, but I was almost there. Maybe I need to 10 X my effort or, okay, I failed, but next time we're going to do it perfect. Cause now I know how to do it. Right. Like <laughs> they all work hand in hand with one another. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I feel like those are all, sometimes we can dilute all three of those things. Like they can all kind of mesh into this like swirling pool of just all of it together of yes. success, perfection, and failure. And because I think a lot of times you can have a different perspective. Some people can say like, oh, perfectionism is failure because you are right. constantly failing over and over. And then some people can say, well, success is also failure because you have to fail in order to succeed. And so I feel like people can get them very convoluted. Yes. Um, and so being able to actually separate those and be like, this is what I, me, define as success. This is what I, me, define as perfect and what I define as failure. I think that's a really good way. Again, like you said, bring self-awareness I love that exercise. I'm going to try that with clients. That's an amazing yes, exercise. You totally should. And the thing you nailed it beautifully, Tori, because truly like when we define it on our own, then we actually know what we're up against versus trying to achieve society's standard of what those three things are. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't see failure as a bad thing, then you're not going to have the complete shit storm that comes on the other side of the failure that knocks us back and paralyzes us. Because if you just see, Hey, my choice is to proactively fail and not give up. Cool. So you leave yourself open and you don't create those horrible feelings that come along with what we perceive failure to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, oh, that's so good. I love that. Thank you for providing that for us today. Of course. So everyone in this community, like we've touched on is a perfectionist or recovering perfectionist in some capacity. <laughs> me, me too, girl. Me too. Yep, I feel it. I still feel it. I actually have a post that I'm just like itching to get out this week about perfectionism. What can you speak to regarding perfectionism and how we can break free from its change? Because it can really be 
shackling. Um, and Absolutely. It, it, a lot of times people will use it as a, a driver though. They'll be like, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. Like I'm such a high achiever. Sometimes people, I, I totally used to wear it as almost a badge of honor. So Same. what can you speak to on perfectionism specifically? Yes. I love that. So I actually used to wear it as a badge of honor as well. So for example, when I would go into job interviews and they would say, what's one of your negative attributes? I would oh say, oh my God, I'm a perfectionist. Did you do the same? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because I used to see it as such a good thing. I was like, you guys, I'm striving to be so perfect. Don't you see? I'm putting in all this effort. I'm so dedicated. I'm so committed to this idea of perfect. But when I actually stopped and paused, I realized how much of a detriment perfectionism actually is to productivity, to our mindset, to our beliefs about, once again, success and, and uh, failure. Because when you're constantly feeling like everything has to be perfect, and I'll give you guys an example. When I first launched Soul Makeup, I spent about seven months last summer really in this wheel of everything had to be perfect. And I was trained coming from the corporate world that everything had to have a certain standard, but I had to realize I was a life coach. Coach, not still in my corporate job. And what worked for a life coach is not what worked for my corporate job. So I spent months and months just rehashing what my post said. Everything had to be perfect. Every video had to say the exact thing. I wanted to create these amazing transformations and all it did was hold me back. And so I think I came to this point where I had to just accept that good enough was good enough. And I had this really interesting mindset shift because I'm like, well, sometimes when I say, Ooh, that feels so good. Or that tastes so good. Like good is really good. And if you think to yourself right now, like, Oh, that's so good. When you say that to yourself, it feels really good. But in my mind, good enough wasn't perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. So just empowering myself to make that shift and see, you know what, it's more important to me at this point in my life to not lose time and actually move the needle in my business and move the needle in my health journey and move the journey or move the needle in my weight loss, as opposed to having to look and feel perfect at any given moment. So I realized like how much I put myself into this box where I constantly was setting myself up for failure. I was constantly beating myself up with the self-sabotage in my mind of God, you should have done better. Why did you say that? All the things that flood our mind. Right. And the second I just accepted that, you know what? I trust that every Everything is unfolding exactly how it's supposed to at the exact moment it's supposed to. I trust people are coming into my life for certain reasons. I just leaned into a different space of trust and that disempowered the perfectionism because then it no longer needed to be perfect because it was perfect exactly as it was. Mm, I love that. They're just ugh. like detachment is an important piece of that. It sounds like really. And when you and I talked about this just one-on-one -on -one about detaching from certain outcomes, and that yes. can be so powerful for you guys listening, like detach from the actual outcome of, I want to lose X pounds. I want to be able to lift X amount of weight. I want to be able to run, you know, this timed mile, like detach from that and really focus, especially if your goal is weight loss, focus on behaviors, right? Not the outcome, focus on behaviors and detach from the outcome because it's not that you're going to weigh 150 pounds and automatically be happy. That's not, that's not what you are really, really after. You're after confidence and security in your skin and feeling good and feeling healthy and knowing you're going to live a long, capable life. That's what you're after. That's the yes. real outcome. But all the time we seem to detach to something tangible. And I don't know if you're a numbers person, but I am totally a numbers person. I came from an analytics background, so yep. <laughs> I am all about the numbers. I They give me that assurance. So for someone who 
kind of has a hard time because for me, mindset work was the most challenging thing and still is very challenging because it's not something I can see. It's not something I have data for. So for people like us (laughs) who thrive off of that, what can you kind of challenge us with in terms of detaching from those kinds of things? I think something beautiful comes along with accepting exactly where you're at and not judging your journey. So for weight loss specifically, like I think so many of us get into that space of, okay, I want my teenage body back or my 21 year old body back and then I'll be perfect. Right. Or like for me, I was constantly feeling like I was behind because I wasn't seeing results immediately, but because my why was commitment to health, regardless of how I was seeing myself, I was finding acceptance because it wasn't about the end result. It was about mastering the journey. And I think that that's where the mindset work comes in. And truly the mindset work is not comfortable. That's why most people don't do it. But if you truly want the sustainable results where it's committed, you can gauge it, right? Like your analytic journey and trying to quantify it can just be looking at the result that you created in the moment versus I haven't hit my goal yet. So you empower yourself to kind of go from the lack mentality of, oh, I don't have my result yet. I'm not at the number I want to be. I don't look good. I still have cellulite, like whatever it is into you know what? I lost some weight around my neck today and I'm celebrating the heck out of that. Or, you know what? I walked up the stairs without getting out of breath and that was a win. So celebrating the smaller moments as opposed to the overall big goal. And then when you hit the big goal, blow it out and have a party or like go on a vacation, do something to celebrate it. You know, it's like, that is what's going to keep you going. That's what's going to keep you committed. If you start celebrating those little journeys. And I know for me, when I was on my weight loss journey, I was doing, I used my fitness pal a lot and I took progress pictures. And it's crazy because in my mind, I wasn't moving the needle. But then when I saw the pictures, I was like, Oh girl, like it's happening. And my husband's going through that right now, you know, and I'm getting him on that boat, like same page about let's take your measurements because maybe it's that quarter inch that keeps you going for one more day. Right. Mm. Like just celebrating the small things, because what that's going to do is disempower the perfectionism because you're empowering the acceptance. You're empowering yourself to just be one with the journey exactly where you're at and be okay with it. Not feel like you need to be any further along than where you are. Like you just trust that exactly where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. That is so powerful. And I want to backtrack two steps and talk a little bit about instant gratification and all or nothing mentality because they kind of go hand in hand. They do. It's something that my audience, anyone in my community is very attached to. It's the, it's the idea of, well, I feel accomplished when I do a 20 minute hit workout and I'm drenched in sweat, but I don't think that walking 10,000 steps downtown in the summer counts as a workout. Or it's something like I did really, really good all week. Oh, but Friday I had one too many margaritas and binged on pizza later that night. (laughs) What the hell? The weekend's gone to shit. I might as well start over on Monday. How can we challenge that? Because it's so easy for us to be hard on ourselves. And I'm sure you'll say something about like having expectations and lowering those expectations. What else can you talk on, on that all or nothing mentality? Yeah. I think in that, that's a perfect example of when you go out Friday night and then you eat the pizza and then you wake up next morning and you're hungover and you've decided already you've committed to failure, right? Cause you're like, okay, I'll just start again on Monday. Yep. So stop giving yourself a permission <laughs> to have an out, right? We have to remove our escape routes in some capacity because life is going to happen. Like there's going to be days where you're good and there's going to be days that you're bad. So I know like for me on my journey, I committed to, okay, if I do a 300 calorie burn average per week, 
week, that's going to make sure that I don't gain any weight. So I committed to that as opposed to, okay, I need to work out for 10 minutes a day here and it has to be a high intensity workout because when I did that, I was essentially backing myself into a corner, which empowered me to want to quit, right? So mm -hmm. I lowered my expectations of what the journey had to look like, right? It, there was no one size fits all with my weight loss journey. And once again, it goes back to that acceptance as opposed to having it look and be a certain way. And I think so many times in life we'll commit to this expectation of, I have to hit this point on this day. And if I don't, it's a failure. And then what it does is when you don't hit those, it's going to empower your brain to quit in such a beautiful way, because it's going to give your brain evidence of, Hey, this isn't working. You feel uncomfortable and our brain just wants us to be safe and comfy. So when you're like, Oh, I'm so uncomfortable and I'm not hitting my goals and this is all terrible. Next thing you know, you quit and then you feel even worse about it because you quit on yourself. Right? Mm -hmm. So by lowering those expectations, finding the acceptance and then preventing yourself from ultimately quitting to failure ahead of time, it's going to be such a profound shift for you. Because then if you do have a Friday night, you're going to be like, Hey, I'm giving myself permission to go all in on that pizza. And you know what? I'm going to work for it tomorrow. Right? Like, instead of just saying like, forget it, I'm, I'm going to wait until Monday. And plus, don't you always feel better after working out when you're hungover anyways? Always. Like, I know I'm used to. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. That's really, really great advice. And I know that landed with a lot of people listening to this because it's so easy to give yourself that out. Kind of like you said, sort of like an escape ladder. That's just, um, your way of justifying bad habits and yes. letting them win over and over. And it's the hardest thing, like the big question mark I'm sure everyone's thinking is like, well, how do I really break that? And you did a great job of really detailing how you actually break that is you yeah. give yourself some forgiveness. You give yourself permission, which is honestly the biggest part is actually, and it's so funny because a lot of our eating behaviors are learned over a long period of time. Um, a really common one I see is people who feel the need to finish everything on their plate. And it's yes. usually ingrained in a belief that I don't want to be wasteful or I want to um, get the most for my money or I want um, maybe in their childhood, their parents have encouraged them to finish everything on their plate. And so it's this ingrained behavior that they're just like, I just don't know how to stop doing this. And it's like, well, yes. remind yourself that there is absolutely no one pushing you into a corner saying, finish all the food on your plate or you die. Right. Like no one is saying that, but we almost behave as if it is that way. Yes. Um, I had that happen big time growing up. So really? my mama loved to feed me when I was sad. So <laughs> what I would yeah. do. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. So I would eat my feelings and I still am a feeling eater. Like I, I, I love indulging in a good meal, but at least now I do it from a place of, you know what, this is a reward, not a punishment mm. because before I would be like, I have such a bad day. I'm just going to eat until I feel like I'm going to explode. And then I would feel terrible. Then I would, in, mm. that would basically empower the self-sabotage. And then I go down the wheel. Next thing you know, I'm in the shit storm for a week and I'm now I'm eating cheesecake on the top of a mountain crying, you know, like it's <laughs> it just happens. But I had to get to the root of why is it that when I'm having a bad day, I go to reach for something food related, right? And so I realized it all went back to childhood because if I had a bad day at school, my mom would take me through the drive through somewhere and like get me a happy meal or she would get me extra dessert. So it was always like, oh, don't feel good. Okay, just eat a little something. You'll feel better, you know? So I had to separate the emotional attachment to the food and make sure mindset wise, I was eating and making my food choices from a healthy space, which I was not before. 
That's so, to have visibility on those things that come from your past and from your life is so powerful. That self-awareness is so key. And I, God, I could just name a zillion clients who have gone through the same thing. Like I have a client who um, has a big weight loss goal and she remembers going to the doctor at 11 years old and them telling her she needed to go on a diet. And so of course that's something she's identified with for so long. And I have another client who um, said that her family would always give her an extra helping because she was just a bigger kid. And so they were like, oh, she needs more. Um, food because she's a bigger kid. And so she identified with that. And so she struggles with portion, portion control. And so it's, it's like these behaviors are not whimsy, right? They are not something that just is happening. It's something that is ingrained and you have to entrain yourself to break free from those. And self-awareness is the best first step. And that's so powerful. Yes. I love that. I love this so far. <laughs> I am no, loving I it's, this. It's so true. You know, cause we have these triggers that happen and we don't know where these thoughts come from. We just know we're trained to eat for this reason. Right. But we never actually as adults go back and uncover the root of where that thought came from to begin with. And typically it's always somewhere in your upbringing. Right. But yeah. what happens is like, we'll take a lot action our whole entire life from this unconscious space, just because it's known behavior. Right. And it's like what we know, it's just what we do. But that's one of the first things when my clients say, that's just what I do. I'm like, Hey, so that's a flawed thought. So let's dive into this because typically when you're just checked out and you're just going through the motions, of course, you're going to overeat. Of course, you're going to give up on your workouts. Of course, you're going to empower the perfectionism, right? It's what we've been trained our whole life to do. (laughs) We're we're excelling at it, right? This is what we know. Gold medal for perfectionism. <laughs> yes. I was a gold medal for quitting on myself. I excelled in that so hard. I was like, yes, let's quit. No, not anymore. <laughs> yes. And I think something, and maybe you can correct me on this, but I feel like perfectionism also can sometimes be that like pinball or whack-a-mole mentality of like, well, I tried one thing and I failed at it. So I better try something else because clearly I can't finish out task A. So I'm going to go to task B. Um, yes. That like hopping mentality. <laughs> yes. So that is such a good way to put it. And so it's interesting because we want, once again, going back to that instant gratification. So it's all going back to our brain, right? So our brain wants us to have the perfect result. But then when you don't see the results immediately. And I used to be like this when I started my journey with health, I'd work out for like an hour and I'd expect to go lose a pound. And then I didn't, I was like, well, I guess I shouldn't do that again tomorrow. It didn't work. (laughs) And so (laughs) I put on this, like the hamster wheel of, okay, we'll give up on that because that didn't work. And I'm like, oh my God, Elise, you only tried this for one day. Like you have to give things time to stick. And you know, that's, you know, this being a coach as well. It's like you coach, you evaluate your results, you see what worked, you see what didn't work. And then you coach again, right? We can't just abandon these ideas before, you know, we actually get results and people do it in business all the time too. They launch a company. It didn't take off and make a million dollars in a year. And they're like, oh, well this failed. I'm like, you didn't even give it a chance. You know, it's like when you have a baby, you have to feed the baby. You got to clothe the baby. You got to nurture the baby. The baby just doesn't live. (laughs) You're so it. So it's the same thing with our ideas here. Like if your goal is to lose a hundred pounds, but you gave it yourself a whole week of commitment and you didn't lose that hundred pounds, don't empower yourself to quit. Just see what you're willing to do, right? It's like, don't use that as an excuse to quit. Cause we know yes. it takes time to create results, right? Yeah. Oh my God. That's I, I love, and something that I've heard you say, um, just knowing you in general, something you always say is like, don't empower yourself to quit. I think that's yeah. such a powerful statement in, in and of itself because it, 
I mean, it speaks for itself. Do not empower yourself to quit. And it's very easy to do. How can we do the opposite of that? So what I love to recommend to people is make a risk and reward list. So if you're teetering on the point of, okay, I think it's time to quit, show yourself, what are you risking by actually quitting? Like, are you risking your health? Are you risking losing money? Are you risking your self-esteem? Are you risking love? Like, what are all the risks that come along? And especially with weight loss, like if you're in a space where you know you have weight, you're, you're not being visible, you're hiding because of it and that's robbing you of opportunities, what you can then see is everything that you lose if you choose to quit. And if you decide to keep going, what are the rewards? So is it, okay, you know what? I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to put on that bikini for the first time and I'm going to rock it, right? Or is it, I'm going to have better health and I'm going to be able to work out for a half an hour a day and that feels good for me. And you're actually seeing, you know what? If I give up in this moment, this is everything that I lose. And typically when you see the reward list, it's going to empower you to stay connected to your why. And if you haven't defined a why for your weight loss journey, like my why was I just needed to get healthy. I felt myself in a space where my body, as I was getting older, it wasn't healthy. I was tired of driving over speed bumps and having my stomach jiggle, you know, like all of those things that just felt so gross. Like, but when I stayed connected to that, why every time I wanted to quit, it basically overshadowed all of that, you know, risk of uh, the, the not feeling good, the discomfort, all the yuckies that I was feeling at that moment. And then I looked at the reward and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be able to hike up a mountain. I'm going to be able to walk through an airport without getting winded. I'm going to be able to lift my own suitcase when I'm going on an airplane. Like all of those little things, like think of all of those little things and just make a list because when you see that and there's that temptation to quit, right? It's like calling an ex-boyfriend, yes. <laughs> you know, our ex-girlfriend, right? You can go look at that list and be like, hold on. I have so much to gain from this. You know what? Not today. And just take it day by day. Because when we overcommit and say like, oh, this is going to be the next year, right? It makes it so much easier to quit because you feel like you have so much more time to then make it back up. But when you're literally just taking it to that day by day, little piece by piece, baby steps. And even if all you can commit is one minute, then hey, you showed up for yourself for one minute. Don't underestimate the power of one baby step because those baby steps will start to compile and then your results will come. And to me, the baby steps is the easiest way to go about it because your brain doesn't go into freak out mode. You're not changing everything all at once. And especially when people start the weight loss journey, they're like, okay, I'm gonna take away all my favorite foods. I'm going to start you know, completely depriving myself of everything I love. So then you feel like you're being punished and then you empower the quit, right? So yeah. when you start doing the baby steps and maybe you say, okay, this week I'm gonna make this adjustment in my nutrition and I'm going to make this adjustment in my exercise routine. And you start kind of playing with it. Then you're empowering yourself to experiment. And when we experiment, we can't fail, right? It's just an experiment. So you give yourself that mindset shift already just by doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I say that to my clients. They're probably tired as hell of hearing it, but I'm always like, this is an experiment. We don't care what happens. We're just watching and observing what goes on. Like there's no, we're not anticipating anything. We're just watching. We're observing. Exactly. And that makes a huge difference. They're like, Oh, like I'm, I'm doing well with my, like no alcohol experiment, or I'm doing well with my have two veggies a day experiment. And it goes, it's like kind of fun instead of something yeah. that's like, Oh my God, I have to commit to this. My coach is making me do this. It's like way more right. fun when you approach it in that experimental way. I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on here. There are two last questions. Um, a question that I ask all my guests when they come on the podcast, which is what trials of fitness have you been put through or what's something difficult you've had to overcome and how did you do it? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. I think overall it was committing to my health 
in such a profound way because I knew I had to start showing up for myself every single day. And the gifts that I gave to myself is I said, okay, just start with 10 minutes. You can do 10 minutes. You can do anything for 10 minutes and you still have 23 hours and 50 minutes in the rest of the day to do mm -hmm. something. And so by doing that, it took me down a two year journey of just slowly having to do it. And that was a huge mindset shift for me because I was a yo-yo dieter. I was like always signing up for the latest boot camp to get my butt kicked because I wanted like fast results. But by doing it the slow way, it made the gratification so much sweeter, like just yeah. so much sweeter. And I didn't have to worry about bouncing back in an ugly way. Like it, everything just worked. Right. But that commitment was really challenging to make and stick to. But once I did it, I was like, Oh, I can never not live like this again. You know? Yes. Oh, that's so, we did not touch on this, but I'll have to do another podcast episode on that <laughs> is the fact that so many people are afraid that they're going to backslide. They're going to yeah you know, implement the things and one day they're just going to forget it. Or one day they're going to fall out of the habit. And the, the beautiful thing is once you actually ingrain the habits, it becomes your new standard. It becomes, exactly. your, it becomes your new floor. So you do yeah. not go below that ever again. That's the beautiful no. thing. Oh, yeah. I would never go back to living the way that I used to like ever. There's just no way I could possibly do that. Cause yeah. I've learned a completely different way how to live. It's a, it's a lifestyle, yeah. you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm so glad that you touched on that. That was great. And then End with fire, girl. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are on the same page all the time. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> We're universal little brain twins. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I knew it the moment I heard your voice on a webinar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Where can the good people find you on social? And do you have anything that they might be interested going on right now? Yes. So I, you can catch me at your soul makeup. So it's Y O U R and then soul makeup. And I offer something that I am so obsessed with. I spent six months working on this and I really, really got to the bottom of your guys's problems and I figured out how to solve them. So what I offer, is a one-to-one -one coaching program for three to six months and it's called the can program c-a-n and how i define can is taking confident action now so as i mentioned earlier like we blast through the doubts we blast through the uncertainties we blast through anything that's holding you back right now both personally and professionally so the first month is all about your mindset the second month we go into your personal development and like truly what was the last time you spent a month on you like we just don't do that you know we never have time right so you have a designated space to show up and we work one-to-one -to -one together on that and then we elevate you professionally so it is so amazing my beauties are getting the most insane results. I just still can't even believe that it's here. So it is enrolling now. I'm so excited. <laughs> so awesome. You guys go check her out at your soul makeup on Instagram. Her page is amazing. There's a ton of really cool infographics that are totally savable for when you're having a down day. I absolutely love the content that she posts. So go check her out. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank and, you for having me. Oh, we loved it.